Welcome, friends, people for peace, pods of consciousness, planetary citizens, wherever you happen to be today, listening to Glocal News and Social Artistry here on KOPN, your community radio station out of Columbia, Missouri. I'm your host, Dick Dalton, and each week we have the pleasure of talking to someone who's building a more humane world from the inside out. And I have the pleasure today to talk uh, to an old student friend of mine, uh, Devon David Crest, who uh, yeah. I didn't know by that name back in the day uh, at Lincoln University. He was Marco Patterson to me, but we'll get into that. Hi, uh, Devon. <laughs> How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing fine. And then the artist name, you know, came about too as well, which was Devon was here today. It's been an evolution of a lot of things that uh, got to that point with that uh, name, you know, to Devon, what changed it from there. So it's, it's exciting to be on here with you. <laughs> I will let you know that first off. My first professor that reminded me uh, how um, important it was to be a human on campus. So I didn't get caught in the monotony of like everything else. And I started to pay attention to my fellow man and lady or, you know, on campus that really changed my experience and enhanced my experience. I appreciate you for that. Wow. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> I, I I don't know how I did that, but it, it, it happened, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It was, um, you know, you, you never know how your energy impacts people hmm. until you talk to people sometime from the moment it impacts. A lot of times I remember um, every, when I got to campus, everybody would say, hey, you know, take this course, take this course or whatever. And everyone just recommended, you know, automatically we have to take that. But it was like um, when I was at my lowest, you know, depression, things like that, I would feel refreshed in the course. I would leave mm -hmm. out the class like, oh, yeah, OK. Mm -hmm. So it served like a greater purpose mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I didn't I never looked at college like academic. I looked at it like uh, you're building your family. You're, you're expanding who right. you are as a person in this world. Exactly, yeah. I somewhere picked up that phrase, it's pretty common, that people won't remember you for what you said, but for how they felt. Yeah. So uh, we had a lot of feeling interaction in our classrooms and uh, felt a lot of love, actually. Uh, yeah, was, a lot. was a lot of a love, lot. yeah. Well, you're uh, not a Jefferson City uh homegrown you're from memphis aren't you memphis tennessee frazier area but i was born and raised in ben hampton uh i got a shout out ben hampton the small area there i got a shout out frazier uh yeah i came up here uh 2002 oh, no it was on and off it was part of the um a program in memphis where they take kids up to visit other colleges and so i went to tradesman high school and so ever since from like the 10th, uh, ninth grade or whatever, they would take us to Lincoln University. That's wow. what kind of pushed me to fall in love with Lincoln University. Mm -hmm. I came up here. I remember it was a winter time. It was these huge icicles under the bridge. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's so cold. They only bought us up here when it was cold. So we were already conditioned to the worst situation of weather. here. <laughs> but um, when I graduated, I went into the military and two years into the uh, military, uh, I wanted to join, I wanted to become, uh, I wanted to focus on college. And so I came, that's when I was accepted up here. 
And at the time I wasn't in the program. I, I paid for all my school out of pocket, wow. you know? <laughs> so wow. most people didn't even know that because I was doing all the program the whole time I wasn't even contracted in the ROTC program and other programs. Moved my unit up here, met a lady, mm. you know, out of love. And <laughs> around that time, big divorce, got out of the military. And so uh, I ended up going through separation anxiety, which is that, that no one in could prepare you for like, during a recession, trying to adjust as a as a civilian mm. in 2009, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and going in 2010, um, and that was hard, and you know things like that. But I loved the Jeff City. I loved because my life wasn't in constant danger. You know, the people were so dynamic here because it's like a, a huge washing machine of cultures. And, <laughs> and some days we'll get a lot of folks here from different places. And sometimes it would just be like just the regular native folks, but it stuck. And then I, I fell in love again. I ended up working as a caseworker uh, for several agencies, um, all while doing music. All of this is while I was doing music, mm -hmm. you know, um, just sticking on a journey. I've been doing music since you've known me, but I would do it in my dorm room. Um, well, by the way, by the way, let me interrupt and put a plug in for what's happening right now with some of your music. Oh yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll come okay. back to it again so, later. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. So with my music now, I got two songs up for consideration for the recording Academy Grammys. Congratulations. We're in the first round voting right now. Mm -hmm. I may, I have two songs, first round voting and blew my mind. Just found out this morning. <laughs> so I'm trying to get people to consider my record for the next round, which would be for nominations. Who votes? If I'm how, able to secure that, yeah. yeah. How do, how do we vote? The, it's for voting members. Oh. It's for members members only, yeah, in the, of the Recording Academy. So the Recording Academy is where everybody votes for the Grammys. Because <laughs> the Recording Academy governs the Grammys. The, the, the Recording Academy is the Academy, and the reward show is the Grammys. Okay. So gotcha. members of the recording, yeah. So I'm a member of the recording academy, and so when it, yeah, so I'm, I submitted to the Grammys for voting members of the Grammys to vote for the Grammys. Mm -hmm. So that's that's how. It, so I'll be basically bugging everybody I can for consideration. <laughs> I'll be hitting Nicki Minaj up. I'll be emailing. I don't care who it is. Uh, just I need to message someone to get my. Because if it happens, we have a lot of talent here, and my ideal as an artist, producer, engineer uh and administrator of music is to like show people that even with my illness and what i'm going through that i can inspire other artists and i have right now you know mm. I, I helped get three artists here locally on the billboard wow when yeah. i hit the billboard it wasn't about me and it's probably my capricorn rising nature <laughs> we'll talk about that <laughs> it's not about me it's about the team it's about making sure we get everybody who we can on it i don't care if you don't like me you need to get on the boat. We're going mm -hmm. to a tropical island, baby. You can stay on the other side. Everybody eats. Mm -hmm. Having that mentality, love for mankind, love for your brother and sister, right? And their well-being. It took me from wanting to be like, I'm the most talented guy who does everything to like, how can I employ, I mean, deploy these talents to help other people rise. Good. So, yeah. Great, so if great. I win the Grammy, if I get nominated, along with Robin Nicole, uh, Cause she she's on a record with me. We collaborated on a record. It was uh, I can't say the word. Something like voodoo. <laughs> and so with that record, with that record, um, 
I produced the core of that when I got out of the hospital. Mm-hmm. I was uh, diagnosed 2019, September 2019 with uh, Guillain-Barre, and I've been recovering since slowly. Slowly, slowly, it's nerves. You know, I can't force the nerves to recover, not even a physical therapist or my uh, doctor, my neurologist. And I, so, I, like, I wondered uh, how to pronounce that. Guillain-Barre. Yeah, uh, yeah, Guillain Guillain Beret. Beret. Think of like a fancy cologne. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only way I could I could remember it myself. I said yeah. Guillain Beret. It's right? G G U I L L I A N, right? Yeah, yeah. GBS. GBS for short. Oh, okay. For the syndrome. Yeah, yeah. I got rid of the wheelchair this year. I'm no longer using a wheelchair. Wow. What a trip. Yeah, so I've been forcing myself to walk on the hill in a garden. I've been grounding, putting my feet on the earth and just talking to the clouds and the trees. It is, I was telling uh, real say, I'm not afraid. The trees know me out here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you yeah, know, you're, are you just outside of Jeff City? Uh, a little bit? Yeah, way? just a little bit. Yeah. Just like boop, right there on uh-huh. the heads. Yeah. But yeah. you got you got enough to have a, a pretty good sized garden. And uh... yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We got a little barn. Uh, we haven't put no livestock out here. I want alpacas and goats. Mm-hmm. But somebody like me, it'd be buck buck wild if I'm. You see, you'll see me walking through Jeff City with ten goats, and I don't think the world ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just go to areas that need to be grazed. I'll bring my goats there and just graze the fire zones down. Like that way, is free food for my goats. Uh-huh. They're taken care of, and then people get to see animals and how things used to be done. You know, yeah. the connection between man and animal is important for utility. I, I've had the same idea. Uh, because that means we wouldn't have to burn the gas and pollute the air and have the noise that goes with it. And, uh, yeah, the goat man. Oh, here comes the yeah. goat man. Yeah. Look, look, that's that Libra with the 28 degrees right there. Uh, are you a Libra with 28 degrees? <laughs> I am a Libra with sun and 28 degrees. And my moon is Aquarius and my uh, ascendant is Capricorn. So those are my mm-hmm. big three. <laughs> Well, I've got to get my chart out and see what all my degrees are and all that stuff. Uh, it's been a long time since I looked at that. We're both Libras, though, but you say it doesn't make a whole lot of difference. I mean, we can be so different because yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, all these yeah, degrees. Yeah, so, now, that's not yeah. a Ph.D. degree or a uh, <laughs> master. You're talking about degrees in numbers, yeah. numbers in this astrology language. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, they, they follow that real close. I got a couple of gurus I follow and a couple of folks who've been teaching me. So, um, yeah, it gets it, it can go from your your house system can make a difference. Like if you have your your son in the first house, you know, you might get noticed a lot, whether good or bad. <laughs> but if you're like me, and you got your son in your 10th house. It's, it'll be the, uh, your image is connected to your career. Hmm. You see, it'll be those things. Mm-hmm. It, it'll be, those, you know, because most people think they just yell out stuff. I'm like, no, nope. I used to try to debunk this stuff. And I still do actively <laughs> because I want to make sure the, the Barnum effect, the Barnum effect is what I, I, I aim to prove in stuff I don't believe. Saying that, OK, you're just giving me confirmation bias by saying something good. It's the Barnum effect. Mm. So what I learned is you switch your birth time, it changes all those flavors up, and then you read it, it doesn't match. Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've done that with some people. I'll, I'll, I'll say, let me go like an hour and see if this is the really what it is. And I'll read it, I'm like, no, that's not it. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, I'll go put in a real time, and i say, you got Mercury and Scorpio. You got issues with your dad? Whoa. Yeah, you know, never met him. 
Like, huh. And next thing you know, Mercury, that because that's, you know, and that mm -hmm. is a whole flavor with there. But that's what is usually like an ancestral problem or something like that. When you have mm -hmm. that Scorpio, Scorpio being the Earth sign. And then you got yourself uh, Mercury, Mercury being the uh, planet of communication and other things also. So um, some people will connect that to your relationship to your father in some sense. Normally it's the sun, but others have been able to uh, make correlations via charts saying that Mercury does play a difference in like secrets in the family and stuff. Hmm. Well, yeah. I've got to I've got to jump in and ask you then a, a philosophical question, because I I have been telling folks for a long time that I, I don't think our will is really free because of all the contextual influences on our lives and on our thoughts mm -hmm. and in our language and in our relationships <laughs> and in our food and all these different kinds of things. And now you're saying that contextual relationship is also in our astrological yes. um, place in the universe. The simplest way I used to, and I put it in my music sometimes, I put a lot of it in my music, but uh, well, some of it, I sprinkle some other esoteric stuff in my music. But like, think of it like this. We, 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 we say gravity is something that we can at least observe, right? So if these giant planets are all over us and they're pulling gravity and all this stuff all around us and all these other energies we haven't discovered yet on top of what's recently been discovered, then it is safe to say that, hey, there's some sort of gravitational effect taking place on every organism on Earth, obviously, because we'd be floating away. <laughs> So what happens if Jupiter were to move out of its place by 10 miles? If it moves out of its zone, will it destabilize the whole, you know, solar system? Yeah. If the moon were to just be taken out, <laughs> what happens to Earth? You see? And so that's how I started to look at it. Mm -hmm. Then I got a little bit um, more information and I was like, okay, well, some uh, a gentleman told me, uh, one, of the, one, of, one of the gentlemen I follow, he was like, you know, try to think of it like application. He said, don't look at it like this stuff is just giving you answers. He said, don't, don't look at it like that. Apply it like math. He said, look at your chart. When these transits change, which we all do, and these things happen, um, uh, look at what's going on. So I used to like, this is BS. Okay, forget it. This is not real. Mm -hmm. Then something happened. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is what got me into it. Mm -hmm. Um was was waiting for a DNA test. Hmm. Now this goes into why the name changed from Marco Patterson. Okay, okay. Yeah, see, it's, it's all it all matches. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know I'm talking mm -hmm. it, but it all matches. Mm -hmm. DNA test came in from Ancestry.com. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Ancestry.com, for that mm -hmm. DNA test result. <laughs> oh. Found out that um, I have relatives who are like sisters, according to the paperwork who were all not only a uh, spiritualist, basically all reverends and pastors, but they're all in their sixties in the book. The oldest is in their eighties. Wow. And and that yeah. wasn't explained. So what I did is I cut away my name because I was going through a rebirth mm -hmm. of myself and identity from looking at DNA. And so I was like, man, I say, well, how many things are out there that I don't know? And no one can give me answers on why I'm related to a specific grouping of people that I've never heard of. Yeah. So I went on this journey and I said, I don't want to go by. So I, you know, first it was Black Grits. My artist, original artist name was Black Grits. Mm -hmm. But that was always my producer name. 
I use Black Grits to replace my real name, which is name you know, Marco. Yeah. So when I drop uh, Black Grits and I stop using Marco very often, only people who know me use it, right? Uh, I use my middle name, Devon. David Crest is the street I grew up on in Memphis. Oh, so Devon David Crest, yeah, is the street I grew up on in Memphis. Got it. But Devon was here today. Is the is really my artist name? That's who I am because it's like, uh, and how I came up with the name was I was gardening. Mm-hmm. I was gardening and I had just finished like clipping this little uh boar beetle. Cause, uh, my, my wife told me how to get the boar beetles out the squash plant. So I was <laughs> getting it out. I was like, got you. I got you. And so I, I do, don't look at me weird, please. I do cameos with animals and plants and stuff. <laughs> so I was like, where are you going to go now? And he was like, well, I don't know. I guess I was here today. And I was joking with it. And I was like, you know what? I guess I'll call myself that. But I was here today. And I walked them over and I, and I put them. Because they turned into beautiful butterflies. They just oh, eat up all your wow. squash. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, beautiful, yeah, these beautiful, uh, so I, uh, well, beautiful moths, and then and so I took them and I uh, set them off somewhere, and then uh, it stuck because it's always felt like my name and identity as a, as a musician has been an afterthought. So why? Because I've won um, like Southern Entertainment Awards before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm a local winner. I've hit the Billboard uh, before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I hit it with my first album, Paradox 88. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paradox 88 was just like the opening of a portal. That's what I, it's, it's intentionally done like that, like a, a, a form of performance art so that people have to find the album now that I'm no longer Black Grit. Mm-hmm. So the people who have the album, there's only 200 of those albums out. Whoa. Yeah, ah. I did that on purpose. Yeah. And so then with Devon Was Here Today, the first album I released last month was Black Ocean. That one is just the bulk of emotion from the hospital. I just wanted to put that out. There. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was like, uh, like how I'm talking now. I wasn't talking like this four months ago. Yeah. Uh, how I'm moving. I'm a little energetic now because I took some ginkgo biloba. <laughs> some ginkgo <laughs> So I got a little energy here. But, um, but like how I was a couple months ago was. I wasn't sounding right or anything. So the album though was recorded over the course of three years since COVID started Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it took me a lot longer since I was, you know, if I started rapping and doing stuff, my throat would hurt within 30 seconds. If I um, start working on my keyboard, I can't really play the keys because of how my hands were. So I had to order like almost like a handicap device. Yeah. Right. It kind of enabled me to like come up with tracks at least. Mm -hmm. And up until now, I said, you know what? Let me just put this music out. I'm not going to do much with it, but just put films and short stories with it anyway. So Black Ocean is just that. Black Ocean, the title comes from Korea, actually. Korea? Uh, K-pop artist. Yeah, K-pop oh, artist okay. influenced the title of Black Ocean because uh, K-pop artists, what they experience when their their fans shun them at their concerts, they'll turn their little lights out. Yeah, yeah, oh. your fans hold up lights for you. Oh, so yeah. if you don't have any lights on from anyone, mm. they call it Black Ocean. Yeah. So the emotion when you're searching through your own traumas feels like that. Uh-huh. You're on a stage. Wow. You know eyes are on you, but you don't know who. But then when you're an artist, though, and no one's listening to what you do or, you know, what you do isn't necessarily um, what's sought after, 
when you're on stage, that's what it feels like. After you finish getting, you finish performing after, um, I mean, before you get ready to perform before other folks who maybe don't put as much time or see music as serious as you might get. And so, but that's the ego talking, right? That's the ego talking. So that's why Black Ocean was important. That's where I let my ego die. Mm -hmm. So the album is where I, and now I've been healing. I've been healing, um, I've been healing at a rapid pace spiritually is what I really meant to say, Mm -hmm. because I've forgiven people. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've cut people away for my health now. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm smiling. I got my my hair nappy, of course, you know, it's always going to be, I was like this, I was bald when you met me. Now it's like, oh, I can't (laughs) stop with the hair now. I got to keep it growing out, you know, but, but that's kind of been the, uh, the journey. So, so now with the other songs, those are singles that I want to actually put on an album that I release next year. Oh, okay. Yeah, because that's so, how you work it. You release your singles, then you release the album later on. You got at least three years to do that. So we're going to hear a little of that uh, after I, I give a little break here. Okay, can we do that? Yeah. Great. Uh, hi, folks. I want to reintroduce my guest today here on Local News and Social Artistry on KOPN, Columbia, Missouri's uh, community radio station. Uh, I'm the host of the show, Dick Dalton, and my guest is... Uh, Devon David Christ. Oh yes, yeah. is uh, Devon was here today. Dot com or Devon was here today. Dot Gmail and uh, and vote for Devon was here today for consideration in his Grammy nomin uh, Grammy uh, run best rap performance and huh? uh, yeah best rap performance and then best uh, pop duo slash performance with Robin Nicole. <laughs> this is All right. If we landed, I'm just, you know what? If we landed, I'm going to throw a celebration at Arby's. <laughs> at Arby's, all right. <laughs> I just had their uh, their uh, gyros the other day. Oh, hey, yes. A five-buck yes. sandwich and two for seven? Man. Man, and then you got to catch them when they bring their macaroni back. Oh. Nah, that's the sleeper. <laughs> People don't know about the macaroni at uh, Arby's. <laughs> You gotta wait when Arby's pop up with the macaroni. You you start sucking on your fingers. You don't know what's going. You think somebody mama cooked it in the back? Oh, well, are there baked beans too? I, I have to have baked beans with my macaroni. Uh, you know I gotta check. I just come for. I pulled up one time for they white cheddar macaroni three times in one day. So, you know, like <laughs> like she was like, "Is that good?" I was like, "Yeah." Like, give me some, give me two of those, uh, and then I'll take. I think I don't know if I had a gyro. I thought I had something else, like the uh, the roast beef sandwich or something. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good, good. Well, uh, Devon, it's great to have you after, you know, we were going to try to do this sometime back, but then you yeah. had your uh, con- confrontation here with, uh, how did you say that syndrome again? It's uh, Guillain-Barre, Guillain-Barre, or GBS. Yeah, GBS, GBS. which is yeah. a nerve condition that uh, really can't. Eats away your nerves, mm-hmm. eats away the fat on your nerves. It exposes your uh, nerves like if you were to pull uh, back the uh, protective covering on a wire or yeah. a power line. The myelin sheath, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so everything is more uh, available to interactions and contact and, and, yeah. and sensitivity. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Zips, this pressure change, cold, mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. You start to not care how you dress. You know, mm-hmm. and, and coming from a caseworker life as my background, and working with a lot of uh, you know people in the community, it's like, man, you don't really know 
what having a disability is mm -hmm. or even something that debilitates you until you have it. And then you start wishing you had the faculties you had before, right? Like mm. at one point I wasn't able to uh, do things on my own, but having a supportive woman, a supportive wife, Brianna on my side, by my side, um, you know, that really was one of the biggest things for me um, to really change the way I looked at myself and other people. Yeah. You know, uh, Rusk, I was at Rusk. Yeah. Uh, when I was diagnosed, I didn't know what was going on at first. I just thought like, you know, I wasn't getting enough sleep. Mm -hmm. And I was walking around with all the symptoms for about three months. Yeah. Didn't know it. I could have crashed anything. I was driving back and forth from doing photography. I was a caseworker. I was working, also working at the hospital. And so um, what ended up happening was um, one day my whole, the, the flesh on my face just drooped. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. And I was sitting there like, what's going on? The, one yeah. of the nurses, uh, awesome, amazing nurse, Amber, she was like, you need to go home <laughs> now. You need to go to the emergency room now. And I was like, okay. When I was having trouble driving home, I knew someone was serious. And then we did the thing that uh, my lady and I do. We make jokes. I said, it'd be crazy. I go, say I have a disease named after two random scientists. And sure enough... <laughs> So I used the wrong manifestation power that day. <laughs> you did. The universe spoke. And check this out. It happened under a, a Libra moon in 16 degrees. Oh, is that significant? Mm. September 20, uh, cha changing of uh, changes of your life, essentially. Oh, oh. It's basically how it was broke down. Like, hey, it's going to change. There's none you can do. Whoa. So wow. there's so much more to go to that, but. That's what influences the music, right? Yeah. Uh, when you are in pain and you don't know if you're going to be able to be the man or the individual that the society says you should be in your family and you're sitting down and your sons are hopping over the house and you can't do anything. Yeah, you got twin. And you know that macho man stuff don't work with your nerves. It work with your muscles. You can look like you're doing a lot, but your nerves will be like, oh, your arm doesn't feel good. It's not going to work. <laughs> you can't grip this mustard <laughs> you know you can't open the jar but you fight through so looking at positive people on social media most people say social media ain't good for none me i love when people post their progress mm -hmm. looking at folks posting like weddings even during covid you know you know <laughs> uh post, posting all these things and i was like man people out here living their life and when people start succeeding i started smiling more Good. Look at her. She started painting. She said she was going to start painting. And now she's selling stuff at an auction. Yeah. You know. And you've helped people get to that point yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You, I used to not pay attention. The uh, universe, right? Those external influences. Mm -hmm. They, not, I think I, in my head, uh, the way I looked at it is um, when I, I look at like all the steps in my life where I've experienced major outrageous anomalies, right? Where I can't explain, hey, why is this happening? I lost this job, but I was doing everything right. They just did a cutback. And, you know, I, I got this or, I, you know, I got these things going. And and I say, you know what? I say, keep fighting. Mm -hmm. Keep fighting. And this goes for everybody out there, right? Like, because there's some folks out there, maybe a college freshman, senior, or, hey, you could be 26 years old or like I was, you could be 22, uh, 23 and homeless. Mm -hmm. And wondering, how did I end up homeless, sleeping in Kansas City on the ground, or sharing a burger in St. Louis with three homeless guys. Because mm -hmm. I'm homeless. Wow. <laughs> right? Uh, that stuff will happen. Mm -hmm. And how you climb out of it 
and, and you know, it's not always an easy answer, but how I got out was just, uh, I would sit down and write out goals and plan three goals a day. Uh, right. yeah, three goals a day. Yeah. I'll write out three little goals a day. Okay. I'm gonna put in 10 applications. Boom. But they, I was, I was working at home. So I was working as a corrections officer at home. <laughs> At the time. Yeah, the recession. Most people don't remember the recession of 2008. Uh, we, let's go from 2006 uh, to all the way to 2011. Let's just do that little group in the time that, uh, you know, a lot of times most people are in college. And so they didn't have a chance to go out and be in the workforce. Right. So I entered the workforce as soon as I came to Jeff City. So I felt all the effects of all these changes, you know, immediately. So that impacted the music that impacted the um my, my, it added more character on my journey because then I started looking at social issues different. Mm. I used to look at people being homeless as if they weren't trying. Yeah. But you know, the universe, the universe will come with that uppercut in the gut, baby, mm -hmm. <laughs> and stand back and be like, look at you on the ground. You one of them now. Mm. Deal with it and walk mm. out the room. Wow. I, that's why I say I, I, I act like the universe is like the, uh, the stepdad you didn't want, but you need. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not not advocating abuse or nothing like that. I have right. to correct that real quick. No, but, it's a, um, it's, a, it's, yeah. a, it's a truth check. You know. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's what happened. I got, I got, yeah, I got a truth. I got a lot of those, but the, I, I took Guillaume Beret as like a test of will mm -hmm. because I was so independent, even emotionally, mm -hmm. and now I've had to depend on the social cues of others to see how like they are now. And like now I push, I don't, I try not to bring up my illness a lot now mm -hmm. because I feel like that's like a hinge for me. That doesn't mean people shouldn't do that because you should do that in the grocery store. Let me tell you about up here in Missouri. If you look like me and you're in the grocery store and they think you're able-bodied, they will crowd around you and, and belittle you about using a piece of electronic that nobody else is using. It's about 30 of them part. Mm, really? <laughs> so I've had that happen. Yeah. Uh, I kept it cool. Mm -hmm. I kept mm -hmm. it cool. I, I pulled from the 70s a lot, right? I know this sounds, so this is going to sound joking to some people. But I was like, I, I this one lady, she was angry at me and she was like uh, telling me to get out the cart. And I was like, you know what? You know what I'm saying? I'm going to call you a queen. And she was like, huh? So they'll feel. <laughs> I said, because you just gave me a royal command, I'm going to stand up. I say, but if I fall, you got to catch me. Mm -hmm. Good, good. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to stand up, but if I fall, you got to catch me. You got to show these people. And, there, and it was funny because folks was in the hall, in the, uh, down, down the way laughing. And of course, I was on the barbecue aisle. You know me. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the barbecue aisle and stuff. For a barbecue that's the memphis in me i'm gonna like it doesn't matter when i came up here and it snowed folks were like are you gonna barbecue i was like yeah we uh we're gonna barbecue no matter what but what ended up happening was um i made her laugh yeah and i kind of broke the tension and, and things like that but i was sitting there thinking like who else is going through this who can't defend themselves yeah weird you know me i'll find a way out of the squiggle out of any situation but other people who can't defend themselves again that brotherly love thing looking mm -hmm. at other humans looking at other people mm -hmm. what is the perception they're gonna have about your dealings with them how you make them feel right so right there i made her feel good yeah yeah you have right? a playful spirit hey my arm is so thick you can yell at me shout i work at Golden state hospital 
So I know real humans have real issues that sometimes they can't control, such as impulses. I worked at the prison. I worked as a caseworker. So I know that some people have certain debilitations socially that they cannot control, such as being nosy. <laughs> Folks will be nosy and it's okay. I tell them it's okay. You know, like what you want to know? You want to know something? You're looking at me over here. You want to know something? Like, you know, but that's what it is. And I'm like that as an artist too. You know, I really been, the music this day and age is some, some situations has been very dark, you know? Mm-hmm. And we got so much going on in the world. That's why I just put this out because I want to talk about what's going on in the world, you know? Like, it's so much going on in the world. So I said, Marco, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talking to myself now, <laughs> right? Myself now. I said, Marco, put the stuff you talk about and that's dear to your heart, not the fun stuff sometimes, really talk about the stuff that's dear to your heart. People not being able to eat. People who don't want to work, people who do work and don't have anything. We're all human, baby. We got to be there for one another someday. And so I be I, I I got sons and a daughter, and so I teach them, you know, say you know, <laughs> I tell my daughter, say sometimes it's okay to walk away from conflict. She was silent for thirty seconds. She's a Pisces uh, rising, <laughs> so she was silent in the Aries moon. So she's silent for thirty seconds. It was it was hilarious. She said, "Dad, I don't agree." <laughs> I was like, "What?" I was like, "Why?" You know, and it's good, you know, third uh, fourteen year old sharp. And so she's like, um. Like sometimes people say things and the only way they're going to really learn is if you say something back. She's like, some people operate like that. She said, I can walk away and they'll follow me. But she said, but what I can say back, I'll hold them in their track. And I said, you should run for a uh, office one day <laughs> <laughs> with that ideology there. If you're going to be dropping truth bombs on people there, you know? And so that's what this whole journey has been. It's been, that's what makes the music part of the life, right? We're talking about life, mm-hmm. astrology, <laughs> music, mm-hmm. and that's what makes all of this stuff in my world at least intertwined. Now, the greater scheme of things, I used to think that we lived in a simulation. I I, I kind of still do think we live in somewhat of a simulation. Mm-hmm. I got my own reason. Mm-hmm. But that's because I think humans are more advanced than what anybody is telling us. There's a connection. There's something unique about us, in my opinion. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a researcher that's certified. Not even a certified investor, but one day, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we all have a connection. And I think the reason why some of us are so pushy against us uniting as a people worldwide is because it takes away, um, I guess, the chaos gene is what I used to call it. (laughs) It it, it takes away the need for that, right? Mm. I I look at humans like we're we're, we're like cosmic hornets. (laughs) So think about how fast we can innovate. Really fast. We can innovate. The atom, the concept of the atom uh, bomb existed before we even put it into work, right? Uh, drones existed in the 80s. And if you tell people that, they won't believe you. So I, I did that the other day. I was like, you know, they're, they're flying drones over there. And I said, you know, the technology is so advanced. We're giving, you know, these folks are probably using stuff from the 80s. And it turns out it's really old tech in some situations. Mm-hmm. As I said, so don't, don't, you know, when somebody says something, this is my opinion, of course, not opinion of anyone else. Again, not a professional in others. So don't try this at home. <laughs> <laughs> so I would think that sometimes that maybe, you know, we're more, like, I, I, I write these stories 
uh, out before I make music sometimes. So I wrote a story of uh, uh, possibly it's a story where you answer the questions in a sense, like what would you do if I gave you the power to go back in time? Oh, yeah. great! And question. you can bring anybody you want, anything, every resource from the modern age, you can go back. And then from that, my Aquarius moon kicked in and I wrote this. I said, Wi-Fi uh, transcends through time and space. I'm the first one to say this. <laughs> Wi-Fi goes through time and space. Meaning if you had a modern phone and you went back in time, you would be able to use Wi-Fi, which proves that time travel in some capacity is possible. That's my opinion, though. Only because they say right now we've we found out that quantum entanglement is a real thing. They released mm -hmm. the report about it, what, 2000, uh, December 2020. Mm -hmm. Physics Magazine, I remember the issue. I called my sister-in-law, said, see, they teleported some from 20 kilometers here to 20 kilometers here. And they proved that entanglement exists. We're almost to the point of teleportation in our homes, baby, because you already know where it's going. <laughs> and so I said, once that happens, we wouldn't care about leaving Earth. I had the experience of uh, going back ten thousand years, and yeah. inhabiting a different body, and and experiencing that, and it was as real as you and I are talking right now. And um, and, and that's the thing. That's the that's, that's the stuff, right? Because a lot of people experience these things. Yeah, um, I think more than we know. Yeah, and we have uh, the Casey Institute, right? I don't I don't know if uh, many people know about. The, I think it was it Edgar Casey? Is it Edgar yeah, Casey? Virginia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Institute. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and he's the one who got me into like wanting to meditate. Okay, good. And that was like years ago. It was like, I was like 2000. I was still a member of the NRA Youth Club in Tennessee. It was like some guy talked about it or whatever. And then I remember um, I would walk through the, these these different patches of fog in the wood in Memphis behind our house. And it would feel like hundreds of people were just watching me walk, standing mm. in a fog. Yeah. And so I would get scared and just start running. I was in the 11th grade around this time. So this is what made it weird. I never mm. told my bub about that. I said, hey, you know, <laughs> at our house, there's like a lot of people who just stand back there and watch us. Yeah. You can't see their face. Mm. You just, it's like the fog is so thick. And then, you know, you'll, you'll see the lights of the other houses. Mm. But then when you can finally get through that area, You'd be like, somebody was back there, a whole bunch of people. It felt like at least 200 people just made it away and just watched me walk through. Mm -hmm. uh, I told people I've been abducted before mm -hmm. by aliens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why uh, one of my songs, uh, You Only Live for Half Your Life, because mm -hmm. that's the after price. Space is a time continuum, but that's only when the math is right. That's, when I, that's why I say that, uh, because, you know, we don't know. Yeah. We only experience what we think we know. Because we're, the we're not, of, con we're not conscious of everything that happens. No. Oh, no. The fourth dimension, that's the reason why they talk about the fourth dimension, right? They explain the fourth dimension as uh, our dimension is a sheet of paper and the fourth dimension is a basketball. If an entity in the fourth dimension wanted to communicate the people on a sheet of paper in this dimension, we only see what they place. And what we see, we might not understand. So where people might be experiencing it could be somebody trying to talk and connect with them, but we're not there yet. Like, try to talk to an ant, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, hey, go this way, guys. But we can't make them go that way, but we can influence that direction. You see what I'm saying? It goes back to what you said earlier on how 
somehow there's an outside influence. So some people, without getting to other topics, uh, some folks believe that we are in a stasis. Okay. We're floating. All right. We're floating. Earth is actually a spaceship, and we just live and pass away and live and pass away uh, through different avatars. You and I have lived through each other before. And with that, uh, and a comment that spaceship Earth is an old phrase from what the '60s or '70s. Mothership, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> and you know, though some of those gentlemen, and I gotta, I gotta make sure I use this right. But some of those gentlemen were on like, uh, were introduced to stuff that opened their cerebral minds in ways that we don't have normalized today. Because it would be, you know, they're trying to bring certain things back, of course, and they're realizing through research that. Right. You know, certain things impact stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. So what were they on? What made mm -hmm. them come up with this concept mm -hmm. of the mothership? Now, if you wanted me to take you on a weird trip around that, I'll bring up how they were heavy into astrology as well. Mm -hmm. uh, the parliament and all of it. Oh, yeah. We can do that maybe in a few minutes. But I'm going to reintroduce you because folks need to know that you are Devon was here today dot com. Did I say yeah. it right? Devon was yeah, here yeah, today. Yeah. Dot com or dot, like, yeah. dot gmail if you want to send him an email. Uh, he's an old friend and a former student of mine at Lincoln University from Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, we want to also go back to nine years old here in a little bit, but let me just uh, say a few more things about uh, KOPN. That's where you're yeah. listening, folks, to this local news and social artistry. Uh, it comes on as you may be listening because you're on the radio right this moment, or maybe you're just uh, tuning in to the website and gone to programs and look for Glocal News and Social Artistry and got the last show, or maybe an old podcast that you saw on Facebook. Uh, one way or another, you're listening to KOPN, the community radio station in Columbia, Missouri, 50 years old next year. Hey. Uh, I was actually living in the space that KOPN moved into. <laughs> really? Back in uh, in 71, 72. I just moved out in 73 because I got married. Uh, and along came KOPN into that space that uh, uh, downtown brought, uh, Columbia, Missouri on Broadway. But now we're in these new digs, we say, out on the west side, uh, close to... Uh, uh, Stadium Boulevard out there, the mall and, and West Lakes and right right there on Bernadette. And we love our new space. Uh, the lot's going on to to make it better working environment for all the things that we do. Uh, we appreciate the support of you listeners. Uh, we couldn't do this. This is community radio. Uh, it's your donations. It's your support. You're saying, hey, have you heard that on KOPN? And getting other listeners to realize the fabulous diversity that we have uh, in terms of programming, both local programming and, and national syndicated programming. So uh, thanks for tuning in and uh, taking your time with us. My guest today again is Devon was here today. I knew him as uh, Marco Patterson, but He's already told us uh, in his story a bit about a change and uh, some reasons through astrology, through illness, through uh, tuning into himself and the things that were going on, why changes needed to take place in a broader way. But Marco, or <laughs> Devon was here today, 
I would like to just go back to nine years old and why were you doing uh, tapes of uh, music and mixing and uh, oh, yeah. where, where, where was your inspiration in Memphis, Tennessee? Was it church? Was it family? Uh, how did you get Memphis? If you grow up in Memphis and you have an ounce of musicality in you, you have music all around you from the people, from the, the, the lives of folks, which would be the inspiration to your ability to survive everyday situations, to the scenery, to the food, to even the music. I grew up in a, a Southern Baptist home. Um, I didn't know how to sing, so I didn't get put in the choir. They kicked me out the <laughs> choir like within 15 minutes. I remember that. I really kind of took offense to that, even though I couldn't sing, you know. <laughs> so Mount Zion Missionary Baptist Church, for those who are listening. Uh, um, my, my grandfather was a doctor, Reverend Patterson. Uh, bless his soul, he uh, passed away in 2005. I grew up and he, he put me over there. I'll never forget uh, to work the mixing console. All the live mics, everything. Uh, that's why I do audio. He wow. put me over there. Oh my! So, so I was over there mixing first, right? I was recording a lot of people and things like that. And so Mississippi Mass Choir, I believe they had a, a concert. I used to be at the choir concerts and stuff as a nine-year-old with the headphones on, like, you know, she's standing too close to the speaker. You know, <laughs> that was me. But I had this urge to create. Mm -hmm. Starting off, the first form of music I experienced was like funk and jazz because my my uh, mom and my father, uh, Derek Patterson and uh, Darlene Key Patterson, now Darlene Key, divorced. <laughs> but um, it wasn't unusual, it wasn't awkward for like, we had we have a brass band and an organ in the front room. Two mm -hmm. o'clock in the morning, just jamming. And wow. I sit down in the corner, because <laughs> I'm not supposed to be up at this point. And remember, this is the 90s, so you know you get in trouble still in the 90s and stuff like that. <laughs> I sit down in the corner and just listen. And I watch the guys on the trumpet playing, uh, watch my uh, my dad playing, my mom singing, and you just have everybody in there. And they would do that. It wasn't unusual for them to do that. What kind of slowed it down was watching uh, us lose our first studio. Somebody broke in uh, Red, X Red Oaks Apartments in Memphis and stole all of this music equipment. And that's what caused my first form of trauma from wanting to share my stuff. Because down there, sometimes they find out you make music. They want the equipment they'll break in. Oh. Take everything. That wouldn't be the first time I experienced robbery, though, in mm -hmm. Memphis. Afterwards, nine years old, I used to take tape cassette, cassette decks. And I would loop. Uh, I would make noises and stuff with my mouth. And I'll, I'll try to play, like, the guitar stuff. I didn't know how to play. I taught myself how to play in my own style of different things. You know, that's why I got the guitar in the corner and stuff over there, and I got other stuff. Uh, I'm not really a good player, but I can play for a production, what, I, what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I used to listen to a lot of rock because I couldn't listen to, like, rap. Mm -hmm. couldn't, listen to, couldn't listen to rap in my mom's house. Oh, you mean in were the 90s, forbidden? Rap, yeah, yeah, yeah. People were getting killed. Left, excuse my language, but uh, it was a lot of violence mm -hmm. at the time. And so my mother being a very religious, devout woman of God, <laughs> <laughs> said you can't listen to anything with none of the rap so what did i go to i went to classical music first hmm. in memphis we had like one in my opinion like the orpheum theater they they run all their live shows so i had this little radio and i just lay back and just listen 
maybe gunshots in the background you know so I, i'll never forget hilldale apartments we have like folks getting shot you have sexual assaults you have all that crazy stuff and i just be listening to classical music hmm. and i i didn't know the pieces at the time because i was like um I wasn't like they, they wouldn't say the name. They would just play an hour of music. Mm. <laughs> and then if you got lucky, that song right there was from da 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 And then he goes to play the next one. And you're like, wait, what was that? You know, whereas with hip hop and other like rock music, we had like the classic rock, uh, classic Southern rock station. Mm-hmm. Hey, I got everything from White Tiger, ACDC, uh, you know, I, Thunderstruck, come on, you couldn't tell me nothing. Like, like I was the guy with the guitar. Like, there was nothing you could tell me, baby. Even to this day, my sons, it come, you know, music would come on and they just go, hey, they break dance the rock music, right? <laughs> just like I used to break dance, yeah. all types of stuff. So when it came to me making my own raps then or my own styles of music, I, it was heavily like rock influence. It was heavily gospel and jazz influence. And um, it kind of like, evolved into something else from then because I started to go back as I started to go back into my hip hop roots these last like when I was like 24 I started like evolving a lot more mm-hmm. and then I got screwed over by a label then I got screwed over by um, um, a couple of artists who wanted music from me as a producer artist people are still your songs still your beats mm-hmm. and this was before like you could upload music on the internet today you know you had to have clearance through an aggregator like cd baby yeah which would help upload your stuff to uh itunes you couldn't just go to go to cd baby even and just up send your stuff in you know it was a whole process to that mm-hmm. so artists weren't able to put stuff out we we're only able to put out mixtapes mm-hmm. so that evolved at lincoln Uni- university i was doing music and i work with a lot of people from lincoln university mm-hmm. yeah is that uh, where yeah, you met Reese Young, right? Yeah, I met Reese Young at Link Reese Young at Lincoln University. That's my little baby brother uh, uh, in music. I met him uh, through Gerard Arvell, which is now uh, that's the artist name. He was Grind then, but his name is Gerard Arvell. So we ended up forming the first group, which was um, that I had, and and that was uh, Black Professionals, but we shortened it to Black Pro. My concept when I created the group was for us to be a community-based organization because I noticed a lot of elderly folks didn't have people cutting their yards. Simple upkeep. And me coming up as a Southerner, cutting yards is just is just, a, bro, it's just breathing to me. I was like, okay, let's go and cut some yards. Uh, what ended up happening was life caught up with everybody in some weird way. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, everything, people went, some people went to prison. One person fought, uh, wrongly accused and imprisoned. So another you one day you'll talk to that person hopefully, but one person was uh, wrongly accused in prison and everything, and then that got cleared up years later. But it just took the breath out of music. Then I started back, and then I went to Memphis again. I started selling music uh, recordings down there. I, I wanted to produce music for other artists. Mm-hmm. So the Youngins was the first group. Frasier Boy uh, produced for and Erica Michelle. Right. And wow. Frazier Boy is known. Eric Michelle is known. And the youngins are known. So I sold my first beat. I'll never forget through, uh, uh, going down there in Leeway Studios. Uh, and it's 2010 at this point. I sold my first beat uh, for about twenty five hundred dollars. Wow. Twenty five hundred. And I felt I like I was in. I don't know what a beat is. How do you sell a beat? 
What's a B? So let's say if uh, I were to sit here and I'll just come up with like a, a beat or something. And if I were to sit here and say, okay, I'll come up with a R&B track or the track that rappers rap over, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I produce my own music, but I'll also produce for other people. So mm-hmm. I'll produce the music for them to rap or put their lyrics or compositions, other compositions over. And that's the beat. Yeah, that's the beat. Just the production, but I'll yeah. just say the beat to be sure, because most people know when you say the beat, you know. But yeah, the production. So yeah. I'll be, I'll do most of the production. I did those productions. I got a lot of productions with Reese Young. I got a lot of productions with a lot of folks uh, that I've worked with. I won producer, like I, I showed the awards. I won producer of the year two times for the Southern Entertainment Awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I say, Paradox '88. I hit the uh, Billboard with that one. Next, I'm aiming for the Grammys. I got other people on the billboards. I want to get more people. Uh, to the point to where they can feel uh, the excited as I can about the local music industry here. Because there's a lot of talent here. Mm-hmm. We just don't have the infrastructure. What's Blue House Studio? Is it still active? No. Nah, so Blue House Studio, I closed it in 2017. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started and I started, um, uh, I closed it down because we were, uh, we got pregnant. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> we got pregnant. And I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm already a caseworker and I make more money doing photography yeah. and I record the artists I need to record anyway. Let me just close the studio now. Yeah. yeah. And I still have to run a studio in the house. <laughs> not in yeah. the house, not where that time was. Yeah. But before I got sick, I still ran the studio in the house. You know, that's all I did. So I closed Blue House Studio was started to be uh, an affordable, professional option to record it was the first actual re- commercials recording studio here in jefferson city missouri wow and like i ha- and i have the receipts because it ended up getting me in contact with the folks like uh myatt hotel ken lewis Kalik glover i just attended Kalik glover's training earlier this year he's the producer for prince michael jackson so yeah. that's why like uh, i've been waiting to work with some singers i've been mm-hmm. like man i just need to work with somebody who will just let me produce mm-hmm. and let me work with them you know but that's difficult these days. Everybody, that their ideal about stardom is mm. so distorted and so one-dimensional to where they, they think what they see on on television or on social media is the reality. When mm. most cases, it's just the company car. Mm. The label put out there for the artist to drive around it. But that's, that's what I want to break. I want to show that folks here can do great things with limited resources and even while disabled. Yeah. Well, you know, I feel like there's a whole nother show inside you that needs to be uh, aired, but we're about out of time here. Uh, how can we, how can we wind this uh, fantastic story? <laughs> I mean, you are, okay. you are a man that, uh, <laughs> that has lived life and, and loves it and smiles and, and shares it and encourages it. I, I you're such a role model for folks. Anyway, give us a last word so that uh, uh, Devon David Crest or Devon was here today.com uh, will carry us out here. Uh, if you're listening to my voice um, and you're in a place where you can sit still, I want you to think about the last time you felt happy. I want you to think about the last time you've actually held hands or a conversation with someone who needed it and you were there. Then I want you to think about the times you've received the same. 
And then I want you to not think about the times that it was inadequate because that's what we tend to do. I want you to look inside yourself and know that change is there and to know that anything is possible as long as you set your mind to it. That sounds so cliche, but I'll explain. Some of you want to be nurses, doctors. For seven, you haven't, some of you haven't applied because you might not have the support or the, those external factors impact you. Some of you might not feel you where you need to be in life. But let me tell you something. Beaver is probably planning to take over the whole state of Michigan. <laughs> I use that as a joke because, you know, they had a huge beaver population. That's what I, I was looking up like uh, how reservoirs have been set up. So that's an inside joke. OK, but, you know, just know that. Try. Try it. Do it. You could do that. You know, like uh, uh, be there for people and build your karma your positive energy. I believe in building positive karma, but build that positive karma bar, you know? It's so we live in a world right now where somebody can press the wrong button and then we got to depend on each other anyway. So why not start today? Hey, you know, man. you need some water, I got you. Because if we all got to get together, feed in mud and farm to make sure children are eating, I'm right there with you. Black, white, Asian, pink, Malaysian, any color we could think of, clear, probably even alien. <laughs> <laughs> But we got to pull together as humans because I think we're going to have some times where we really question humanity. And I don't want to question humanity alone. I would rather question it with other like-minded people like you. Devon was here today and you heard him. Uh, Devon, I love you, man. Uh, thanks for... Oh, man, thank you. I love you, too. That's <laughs> yeah, a very positive, powerful word, man. That word, yeah. is, you know, it doesn't get used enough, as people think it does. But it's very, very... Uh, thought and energy provoking you have no idea the uh, profound impact such a word has on somebody like myself i really appreciate that well with that i'm going to say folks remember wherever you are that is your world please leave your world cleaner more peaceful and more loving than you found it because if it is to be it is up to us take care talk to you soon